You're entering the Side Mission Podcast. Three friends that love gaming and love experiencing original content and old school classics give their thoughts on the latest releases and newest topics in the gaming industry. Power up and let's get started. What is going on, everybody, and welcome into the newest episode of Side Mission, our first episode of 2021. I, like always, am your host, Rusty Ellis, joined by the boys, Kyle Lynch and Matt Beck. And fellas, it's been it's been it's been a couple weeks. You know, the last episode we did was obviously our top ten, and uh, I'm kind of interested. What do y'all what have y'all been playing then, Kyle? We'll start with you. What all have you been playing, kind of in this downtime since Christmas and the holidays? What all have you been playing? Um, really, I've been playing just a lot of uh, Spider Man Remastered. Um, I haven't played the game since it came out a couple years ago, and I forgot just how good of a story it was. And also with the performance updates, with the ray tracing. It it looks fantastic. It still plays fantastic. I think that you know it's again it definitely uh, has aged well over a couple of years, and it was a a lot of fun to go back through and replay that fantastic story again. Worth mentioning, it actually has ray tracing, unlike Assassin's Creed Valhalla. But anyways, speaking of Ubisoft, Matt, I know you've been putting in some real time on Valhalla. Kind of tell us about it. What, what what are some things you're discovering about this game? What are some of your thoughts on this game now that you've put in? I think the last time you told us it was what like seventy hours. Uh, yeah, so right before the break, I roughly was sitting about 20 or so hours. I, I kind of just took a longer break from it because I didn't feel like I was making any progress, even though I had like basically discovered the entire map, but I realized I'm not, I'm, I'm not access. I'm like, not furthering myself in this campaign. So I finally started doing that. And since I did that, I, I've roughly hit about 74 hours today Jeez. on Valhalla and, uh, I would have a much more appreciation of the game now that I actually see that there is a story behind it. <laughs> oh my gosh, you kill me. Yeah, I need to get back on that game for sure. I know um, one thing we've all also been playing, and especially I think uh, the week after Christmas, we all spent a ton of time helping each other on Demon Souls. And I think we all know that when I say we were all helping each other, let's be honest, who was doing the helping real quick? <laughs> let's be honest who was doing the helping real quick but it was a lot of fun i think that demon souls i mean obviously it ranked pretty highly in my game of the year ranking but i think that all of us playing it together again it just kind of reinforces what i said that um just the online servers being brought back those have really reinvigorated people's interest in demon souls and i think it's for the better obviously you guys helped me through one of the hardest sections of the game do y'all remember when we first went through that area five two the swamp of sorrows do y'all remember what was what was y'all's first reaction to that because that is by far the worst area in the game say this swamp areas in any games are honestly a just a huge in my opinion, they always tend to be like the biggest grind of the games um, yes. I played them in. And this one was no different. And I was just super happy that we had Rusty there because dude had already <laughs> gone through this area, knew where everything was at, and we, we managed to get through it three times, I think it was. Yeah. 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 It's three times because it was each of your games on New Game, and then it was my game on New Game Plus. So I, I, I did a little bit of research. Basically... So I don't remember what exact level each of you were. I know, Kyle, I think you were like level 60-something. Matt, I think you were somewhere in the 70s. That area in New Game Plus is scaled to like level, I think, 110. <laughs> so you guys were way under-leveled for that area. But it helped me get to that area. I remember I was just frustrated as could be uh, because, I mean, enemies, I mean, y'all saw it, enemies in that area in my game were just were taking me down in one to two hits. So... Yeah. It was just tough, but uh, it was fun. And then I think, I think that it's also just kind of going through these bosses again, and kind of you know 
examining the boss fights. You know, because when you do the same boss fight three times, you get a chance to kind of examine it. Whereas, you know, doing it three times in y'all's playthroughs and mine, you know, instead of having to do three completely different playthroughs on new game, new game plus one, new game plus two, it's a lot of fun to kind of just see these bosses. Kyle, what's been your favorite boss so far? Um, I got to say, dude, Flame Lurker. It was, dude, such a cool boss. So unique like the way it came out I, I remember you were telling me right before you were saying this is gonna look like something straight out of doom eternal you were not wrong dude it came out and i was just blown away it looked so good and i i actually i have not gone back and looked at what flame lurker looked like in the original game but dude the way that the way that they just made him look just so fleshed out was beautiful and his boss fight was so intense i i actually died quite a few times trying to beat him but Man, dude, that that feeling of you know, real. Uh, I'm trying to. I I can't. I can't think of the words. Accomplishment. Like, uh, it was. It, yeah, that feeling of accomplishment when you you know beat him because he was just this massive, intense, big demon boss, and it was a lot of fun going through it with you. Yeah, he's one of my favorite bosses for sure. I've also recently started a new playthrough on Bloodborne. Obviously, not a new game, but uh, Bloodborne is one of my favorite games of all time, if not my favorite game of all time. So. I'm I'm excited to kind of hop back into Yarnum a little bit, but now we got to kind of transition a little bit. So we have to be. Uh, this is going to be fun to talk about. So December tenth, yeah, so. Cyberpunk 2077 comes out, and um, this is worth mentioning. It's after numerous delays, and that's the first frustrating part is that it's after numerous delays. You know, we thought we were going to get it late 2019, and then it turned into early 2020, and then mid 2020 mid to late 2020, and then officially late 2020. I mean, I can't even remember how many delays exactly there were. I'm sure Matt probably can remember that off the top of his head somehow. But then the game comes out, and it's our most hyped game of the year. And for non-PC users, it's a miserable experience. We referenced it a little bit in our ranking. It made, you know, sixth overall in our ranking. And to be honest, it really made it there because Kyle played it on PC and he sent us screenshots and he sent us proof that, hey, on PC, the game runs well. And that's great. I'm glad that it runs well on PC. The problem is not everybody can afford to build a great PC. You know, there are people that put a lot of money into PCs that don't have PCs that run the game great. So worth pointing out. And, you know, I mean, Kyle, how much did you spend on your PC when you built it? Oh, it was... When I when I first built it, it was about a thousand two hundred dollars. Yeah, I mean, so twelve hundred dollars, man. So I mean, it's like I don't just have that lying around, you know. Yeah. Like Matt doesn't just have that lying around, and a lot of normal people like oh. us don't just have that money just floating around uh, in expendable income. And the game didn't run well. It didn't look good on console. It was buggy and glitchy. And the bugs and glitches, as we saw from a YouTube video that I sent y'all, we saw that the bugs and the glitches were permanent. So when they happened, they were there for the rest of that playthrough. You know, there was one YouTuber that posted a video of a car that got stuck in a tree, and it was there the rest of the playthrough. He came back hours later to that same spot, and it was still there. That's a problem. So then, obviously, CDPR came out, and they said, you know, we're sorry that we were, you know, we weren't completely honest about the console version. We're very sorry. And then they go and they say, if you want a refund, contact Sony or Microsoft if you got the game digitally. Effectively shifting the responsibility to them, who Sony and Microsoft deserve a little bit of blame because they allowed the game to go into circulation because they said, okay, this is okay. This is good enough. So part of the part of the blame does go on them. Well, 
the problem is, is Sony then removed it from the PlayStation Store. It's kind of hard to get a refund from a game that doesn't technically exist in the store. It's a little challenging, wouldn't you say, boys? Oh, yeah. yeah. A little bit of a challenge. So, now, as of today, as of recording it, it is January 13th is when we are recording this. CDPR, CD Project Red, has now done the ultimate and is something that makes me not want to play the game ever again. And it's saying that next-gen optimization of this of this game, which it should have been from the jump, will not be available until likely after June of 2021. That is six months from now. That's a problem. That's a real problem, and if CDPR had not been responsible for The Witcher 3, um, I would... I'd be more charitable and I'd be more, or I'd, or I'd be less charitable and even less forgiving than I am right now. I mean, I'm not happy. I spent $60 on this game to, you know, and put about 10 hours in on it to now not want to play it because essentially the version you sold me is the version that go, belongs on Xbox One. That's not what I'm playing it on. Um, so I'm not happy with CDPR. I know y'all aren't happy. So the rest of this episode is going to be us analyzing everything that was left out of cyberpunk based on what we've all seen based on youtube videos that exist that we've all seen and we're also going to examine the shadiness of cdpr up until launch so boys um i guess we can start with uh matt what are some of the most notable things you noticed that got left out of this game because this game was marketed very heavily especially during you know the video game awards especially uh during any E3s that it was, you know, the, it was in production during. What are some things that stuck out to you that got left out? First and foremost, and this has been something that has bothered me since, you know, first revealed, we were promised that Night City was supposed to be this living and breathing, you know, realistic city where the NPCs had, like, daily routines. You know, they weren't just these uh, soulless walking, uh, you know, AI walking around, like just bumping into each other. I mean, barely even convert, like conversing, uh, interacting with anything. They just walked there. What we saw in some of the original release uh, trailers for this game was these these were supposed to be living and breathing characters you could interact with, who were actually interacting with the environment, interacting with the world. Uh, disappointed with how you know NPCs with like how the cars work, like. I'll park right in front of a car and they'll just sit there honking their horn. Whereas in other games of very similar, such as GTA, these they'll go around you, but they don't do that in this game. They're just soulless. They, they don't interact with anyone. They don't interact with you. And I was hoping to see DDPR fulfill that promise of making night city. They're as realistic as they could because the, City is gorgeous. I love the billboards. I love the lights at night. It looks great. But then you just really get down and you know into the grit of the city, and it's just it's so boring. It's not supposed to be that way. And I just want to say that that's really one of the things that stuck out to me the most. Yeah, I remember sending y'all a YouTube video from uh, one of my favorite YouTubers, Beat 'Em Up. He's obviously, a fantastic video game channel. And he just got free advertisement from us. So, but one thing that he pointed out was he followed an NPC around. And instead of having a routine, that NPC walked the same block for, I think he said about 10 minutes. And the only difference was he stopped at three different vending machines. 
But there was no there was no routine to any of it. There was no he's going to go to work, then he's going to go to the bar after, then he's going to go home, maybe watch TV, and then he's going to go to bed. Might go on a date. There was nothing. Um, one thing we should preface all of this with is that you'll probably hear us reference Red Dead Redemption Two a lot in this episode because these are all things that Red Dead Redemption Two did as a last gen game. Last gen, like. Red Dead Redemption 2, the NPCs had routines. You could follow an NPC around. They'd wake up. They'd go to work. They'd go to the bar afterwards. They might go and do some things with their friends, and then they might go home. They'd go to bed. So, Kyle, what what about you? What, what stuck out for you in terms of things that we discussed that was left out of the game? Or what do you feel the game just was lazy about? Uh, I got to say, the the thing I think that was probably left out the most was the console gameplay when we were shown trailers was the actual you know uh the the truth behind why uh we were seeing only pc gameplay because it was just it it was awful that they were you know promising all this stuff like you said the npc routines like we talked about how uh in red dead redemption you can walk into a store and you can pick up the item take it to the shopkeeper and buy it yep in cyberpunk which is a next-gen game, you just have a menu where you click and you buy. Yeah. And it's basically every other... It's every other, you know, game that has a shop in it that came out in, you know, the past 20 years. Like, this is not futuristic. This isn't advanced. There was the first-person cutscenes. My most... Oh, the, the thing that aggravates me the most, because I spent, you know, a good amount of time just customizing my character, and I never see him because this game doesn't even have a third-person option unless you're modding it on PC. And I don't—I I honestly think that is a big—that some people would have preferred to play this game in third-person to see their characters because you don't even see them in the cutscenes. And if you look in a mirror, you can sometimes see your character if it's not glitching out, making you wear a different outfit, or sometimes you're not even wearing an outfit at all. It, it really makes the customization— <laughs> in this game just feel useless i've never felt that depth in a in a character creator was ever wasted more than this game because i think kyle how long did you say you, you said you spent 30 minutes in it when the game first came out right yep. yeah, yeah so I you spent 30 minutes customizing so you spent half an hour i spent like 20 minutes i never spend that long in a character creator unless it's a from software game and kyle has seen the abominations i've created there um <laughs> but why even have all that if you can't see your character for most of the time, why even bother, right? What is the point of what's the point of customizing my character, giving him a certain haircut, making him a certain adding anything different? What's the point? Why not just go with the basic skin that we get or why not just give us a character that you showed us in all the promotional material? Why not in like the story trailer? Why not just make V your character's name? Why not just make V look like he did in that trailer where you go to see Dex at the Notel Motel? Like, why not just make him look like that and give I have like a female and a male option? What's the point? Yeah. There was no point whatsoever. And Kyle, you hit on the thing I wanted to tackle next, and this is where we're getting to the shadiness a little bit. Why did we only see? And we know this, this is this is a rhetorical question on my part. Why did we only see PC gameplay? Why why did they hide the console gameplay? And now we know it's because it looks like a PS3 game. We know because it doesn't look good. We know because it doesn't run well. And Matt, we discussed this multiple times, and I think all three of us discussed this a couple nights ago, was all of the sort of... The, the, the superiority complexes of not just the PC Master Race crowd, but of people that are on next-gen consoles that 
are saying the game runs and looks fine, which I think is a lie. I think there's two different kinds of people there. You're either a liar or you're in denial, one of the two. Um, why is there this attitude of, well, you shouldn't have expected this game to run on a base PS4 or base Xbox One because that's seven-year-old hardware. Why shouldn't we expect it to run on that? That's what it was marketed for. That's what it was sold for. This isn't SX Enhanced. This isn't PS5 Enhanced. This is last gen. That's what it's supposed to run on. So I feel bad for those out there that just have a base PS4, and when they try to play this game they're excited for, doesn't even run at 15 frames a second. Matt, I've kind of talked a lot about that. What are your thoughts on all this? So my thoughts when it comes to this is that someone as I have frequented game forums for the past like 15 or so years, and it's always it's always been like this. Uh, you, you'll see it a lot, especially with the gaming community. I mean, it, it feels like there are more console gamers than there are PC gamers, but you know that's actually not the case. It, I, I, there really is a mass uh, PC community, and they're not all like that. And I think, and for the most part, the PC community is fantastic. Yes. You know, I've interacted with many people, mm-hmm. but unfortunately, a lot of PC elitists will blame you know situations like why why is it majority of the time when new games are announced, released that they're always you know for consoles and PC gamers will basically just blame uh, you know consoles for you know kind of kicking PC over to the side like it's not important. But I mean, in, in the long run, though, I mean, games are you know obviously they're developed on PC and, you know, ported over to consoles for, you know, the final release and mm-hmm. all that. And PC gamers just blame, you know, the reason why if a PC game has issues, they'll be like the console version existing is why the PC version runs like this. That's not true at all. And I guess because of the fact that with PCs, you're constantly able to upgrade them every year. There's constantly new graphics cards coming out and just being able to better enhance their games. But whereas consoles, once the console is out, you know, that's it. You know, the most they can do is get patches and uh, things like that to fix problems that games are having. But I don't know what the superiority conflict uh, complex is in, uh, you know, the PC master race as, as they call themselves. But I mean, in the long, you know, in the end though, it's like, we're all gamers, you know, we have this fantastic, you know, new systems, you know, PC gamers have fantastic games that are exclusive to a PC consoles have fantastic games exclusive to them. We're just, a, we're all gamers no matter what. So I just wish that people would just stop saying one is better over the other because that's, that's not how I see it. I mean, I love my Switch, and you know, obviously, Nintendo systems aren't going to be nearly as powerful as you know the next PlayStation or Xbox, but they still release fantastic games. It's not the power of the system; it's you know, it's the developer. It's yeah. what you know, the love that they pour into their games to make them run well, to play well, to you know, just have fun. Yeah, it's it all comes down to one thing: is that it's like you said, we're all gamers. Like I've never understood why there's so much toxicity in the gaming community because. I mean, at the end of the day, we all just want to game and have fun. I mean, yeah, some people are more competitive than others. Yeah, some people take it more seriously than others. But there's no reason to just be degrading to people because of what they like to play. And there's no reason to blame console because of this. Kyle, we we, we made a small list, and we've mentioned a couple of them, the the problems that we had, and it was just first-person cutscenes were absent. Uh, NPCs had no routines. Adding in, multiple apartments got cut out. This game really advertised that you would have probably multiple apartments because of how big the city is. Nope, you got one and you spend all of about maybe 15 minutes of your game time in there. And then uh, Human Shields, big combat element, got completely cut out. There's a skill for it 
and it's completely worthless because you can't you can't do it. You can't fire your weapon while you're there. Um, I think they even left the asset in there that had it in, that had it, and you just can't even get it. So yeah. I think if I could describe this final product, it's just lazy. That's the best word I got for you, Kyle. Is that it is just lazy. Absolutely, it's honestly. I I remember back when they were talking about how uh, close to release, um, all of the all of the big people at CDPR were making all the developers, you know, do overtime. They were crunching. They were doing sixty hour weeks, and you know they were trying to get this game done. And I was thinking, oh wow, you know they're doing all this because they're trying to make this game really good and. You know, they're talking about multiple delays and they're talking about how it's just, you know, been crazy weeks for them and how that they're doing their hardest to really make this game be everything that they that we wanted. Now I'm just wondering, what were they doing? Like, what what were they talking about? Because it looks like they dropped this game off at the beginning of the year and didn't pick it up until the last 30 seconds. It's like when, you know, you get an essay due and you don't do it for an entire month and then that day's come and you got to do it that morning. That's what this game feels like because I have no idea how anybody could have looked at the final product and played it as they specifically said in the November delay on previous consoles because that's what they were working on. How did they play it on a base Xbox One and say this is okay? How did they play this on a base PS4 and say that this was okay. It just doesn't it, it doesn't make sense that they did that and didn't even say anything about it because if they had at least said, "Hey, look, this isn't going to run well on a base Xbox or PS4," advised people not to buy it on a base Xbox One or PS4, I could at least give them a little bit of credit because they tried to tell people but they didn't even do that. They didn't do anything. They just let people go out and pre-order 13 million copies thinking that, oh, this is okay to just sell them a, a broken product. It's it's absolutely lazy. It's embarrassing. And then it gets even worse when you get the release a few, a few weeks after release and uh, you get the press release of them saying, first of all, we want to apologize about not being upfront about what the game looked like on console. No, you're... This is where, and I know you guys have heard me say this, what frustrated me here, and I know this because my parents both would tell me this, that I did this when I was a kid, this is essentially saying sorry because you got caught. You're not saying sorry because you're actually sorry, in my opinion. You're saying sorry because you got caught. And Kyle, you talk about the work crunches. At this point, all I can assume is like, how bad, if y'all think about it, the November delay when it got pushed to December, they said about how it run, how it ran and that was the problem. How bad was it before that delay? Yeah. Like, think about that. How bad was it before yeah. that delay? And then we got all the false promises from all the devs up to release of, don't worry, with the day zero patch or the day one patch, it's a completely different game. Nope. It's same, same piece of crap game. That's what it is. And it sucks because there is a great game somewhere in here, but it's buried under a pile of just crap it is not good there's lazy ui a ton of stuff that got cut as we pointed out and then cdpr tried to put the onus on sony and microsoft to give the refunds and then at the very end said if all else fails email this email at cdpr well i don't even remember what the exact email was but it was a cdpr essentially a hotline kind of email but I can't even give them credit for that because them not using that first and instead putting the onus on Sony and Microsoft, 
That feels like you're shifting the problem and shifting the burden to them when you should have taken on that burden yourself. You made the mistake, not Sony, not Microsoft, not Steam. You made this mistake. But for some reason, you feel the need to shift the blame to them. I'm not okay with that. I'm not okay with that whatsoever. I have a list of games I'm going to read off real quick. Red Dead Redemption 2. That one was probably obvious. You were probably ready for that one. Last of Us Part 2. Ghost of Tsushima. Final Fantasy VII Remake. Doom Eternal. I will, for fun, even throw in Animal Crossing. Spider-Man. Spider-Man Miles Morales. Demon Souls. All of these games are games. God of War as well, and I will even throw Bloodborne in. Shout out from software. And, and Sekiro as well. All of these games have one thing in common. It is all that they came out last gen, and they somehow look vastly superior to this game. They somehow run vastly superior to this game. Animal Crossing in there is kind of a joke, but you get the point. I mean, it still runs better online than this game does. And then the ultimate death nail in all this how did they get The Witcher 3 out and looking so good? How? That came out five years... That came out... We're going on six years of it being out. Matt, how did Witcher 3 get released and it looked great? Yeah, it had bugs. Yeah, it had glitches, but it got ironed down and it got fixed and it wasn't really this bad. How did Witcher 3 make it? It makes no sense. Yeah, so... Uh, I With Witcher 3, honestly, I, I just think the fact that, like, we weren't promised so much which Witcher 3 as we were with cyberpunk and i kind of felt like cdpr kept it to you know they knew with what they could deliver and i just think that with uh you know uh cyberpunk they over delivered they over delivered what they were going to have in this game and it's just they couldn't deliver on it there's just too many issues going on simultaneously developing between uh last gen systems this gen systems i think kind of they got in over their heads and Witcher 3, yes, when it first came out, it definitely had problems, and they patched them out. They, you know, had great DLC to come out with it long afterwards, and Witcher 3 was one of, uh, if I remember correctly, won a lot of Game of the Year awards, and Cyberpunk had that potential, but unfortunately, CPR just, you know, they they flunked it. It's it's unfortunate, because it's such a fantastic game in itself, just, you know, what, what we could have had, and it's just going to forever remain in our memories of what could have been. That's the ultimate issue here, is that you know, yeah, The Witcher 3 maybe didn't have as much hype behind it, but The Witcher 3 also did a lot of things that Cyberpunk was supposed to be able to do. And I think regardless of how much you hype up a game, the fact that Witcher 3 was able to pull off what it did on base Xbox Ones and base PS4s, obviously it looks a whole lot better on newer consoles. But the, what it pulled off on those base consoles is impressive because now, even more impressive now because of how badly Cyberpunk was screwed up. So Kyle, my question to you is this. Is Cyberpunk 2077 now the most mismanaged game of all time, in your opinion? Absolutely. I cannot think of another game that, like, we were promised and we were shown, you know, so much potential, as you guys were saying, and just had it drop like this. Like, how how does that even happen? That just... There's there's never... I don't think... I, In the best of my knowledge, I do not think that there was ever a game that was, you know, hyped up as much as Cyberpunk and just flopped so bad. Like, even Avengers. Avengers was super hyped, and it wasn't even as bad of a flop as this was, because at least Avengers looks good, plays like crap, but at least I can say Avengers looks good. I can't even say that about Cyberpunk, because PC is not where, you know, everybody in the world is playing this game. And if the game does not look good across all the consoles, across all the platforms, 
it's kind of hard for me to, you know, excuse that when we were told that it was going to look this good on older consoles. We were told that we were shown gameplay that was supposed to be, you know, this crazy next-gen experience, and turns out it was only for PC. There's a lesson to be learned here if you're out there and you're in game development. Be honest, okay? Be honest. And if a product is not ready, don't push it out. There, we... we I could have dealt, if I had known how bad the game was going to be at launch, I could have dealt with a, a delay until like June of 2021. I could have waited. I would have been okay if I had known it was this bad. Either way, we've still got a big year ahead of us. Obviously, again, this is our first episode back from break. We're excited just to be back, and we're excited to head into year two of being a podcast. It's kind of crazy. We started yeah. this back when in uh, quarantine, and... That feels like so, so long ago because that was back in March. And I remember we were talking about Final Fantasy and Animal Crossing. And man, it feels like years ago was when that happened. But we're back. We've got a lot of big games coming out soon. I know Hitman 3 comes out soon. I know Super Mario 3D World comes out on the Switch soon. Um, we're, we're obviously really heavily anticipating potentially God of War Ragnarok this year and Far Cry 6 coming out hopefully near you know April and May. There's a lot of big games coming out. So there's a lot of reason to be excited in the gaming community. Hopefully, hopefully, companies have learned their lessons. Hey, maybe, Matt, maybe if we're lucky, maybe we'll even get to see something about Elden Ring at some point. But that is going to do it for this episode of Side Mission. Be sure to check us out on Twitter, at Side Mission Pod. For Kyle Lynch and Matt Beck, I'm Rusty Ellis. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Side Mission Podcast. Keep up with new episodes and download your favorites in the Hints and Oakley Podcast Center.